548. Jerry sat in his recliner, watching the clock in the kitchen. Every second stretched into a long, deliberate tick. His mind had a singular focus on the time and the transpirations within it. You're not going to lose it, are you? There's a whole lot of strangeness going around, bud, and if you can't handle this, then there's no way you're prepared for what's coming. Where have you been, Bill? Listen, first we get rid of the body and the van, then we can shoot the breeze, all right? Jerry looked over at Lisbon. The dog barked and jumped in spastic tantrums. Jerry made his way over to her. He grabbed the chihuahua by the thick folds of skin on its neck. He held her up until the two met eyes. <coughs> Lisbon's eyes looked for the floor, her tail trembling between her legs. Jerry squeezed the folds a little harder. For once, Lisbon didn't make a sound. Her head lowered in cowardice. She took cautious steps into the yard. She turned only once to see if Jerry was following her. Oh, good morning, dear. Did you have a, a good night's sleep? Perfect. You? Fine. Uh, do you want some breakfast? Yeah, I'm famished. How about eggs, then? Fantastic. No one's who you think they are. Not me, not your wife, not even you. It's a terrible day in the neighborhood, bud. How would you like them cooked? I'm not picky. Preferably not drugged. <laughs> well, I can't make any promises, funny man. Jerry watched her strained smile. She looked like someone else. You know me. I'll laugh a minute. As Maggie focused on the eggs, Jerry looked out to the patio doors to see Lisbon meekly staring in. He couldn't help from laughing. <laughs> What's so funny? You don't notice the nice peace and quiet? I don't understand what you're talking about. Oh, never mind. Probably doesn't matter anyway. Here you go. I, I decided on over easy. Thanks, dear. They look delicious. Thanks. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to get Michael up now. S sounds good. Jerry watched her, his brow furrowed in suspicion. He listened for her footsteps to reach the top of the stairs, then quietly followed after her. He's acting weird, too. I thought that... I know, goddammit, I know! What now? Uh, we wait until we hear from them. This is just screwed up. Hey, baby. I was just getting ready to hop in the shower. You don't mind, do you? Uh, of course not. I, I was just kidding Michael up. The harder she tried to act normal, the less believable she seemed. See you in a few. Okay. Love you. Love you, too. You haven't said anything in over an hour. Are you sure you're all right? No, I'm not sure. I did just kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. Pretty damn dead, I'd say. Is that supposed to be funny? Because it's not. 
I'm not trying to make jokes, Jerry. You need to calm down. I've really screwed the pooch on this one, Bill. Somehow I've lost my morals. And what do you think would have happened if you hadn't, bud? I don't know. No. I guess you'd be the one wrapped up in plastic. But it was Phil. Maggie and I went to his place for a party a couple weeks ago. I just played racquetball with him. Why would he want to kill me? That's it. Now you're thinking, bud. It's the questions that really matter. Jerry stared at his reflection. A purple-yellow bruise was beginning to form where the syringe had hit. The ache went well past the skin, deep into the muscle. Below the ache of the muscle was the jagged needling where the dart had touched bone. He probed the wound with his finger. A spot of blood oozed out. <sighs> Jerry smiled. He pushed on his chest. He enjoyed the throbbing of his sore ribs. He found the pain reaffirmed his existence. There was life in the aches of his battle-tested body. You clean up nicely. Gee, thanks. Good morning, Michael. Michael looked at his father from the corner of his eye. Morning. He didn't stop eating to meet his gaze. Jerry met eyes with Maggie as he gave her a smile that barely hid his contempt. She returned the expression. Well... I'm off. Where are you going? Hardware store. To pick up a hammer. What happened to the old one? <laughs> it's lost. Must be buried somewhere. Uh, well, the, the Kellers invited us over for a barbecue this afternoon. Can't wait. See you in a while. All right, dear. Love you. Jerry smiled. Every word she uttered seemed forced. It showed her age. Goodbye, Michael. Bye. who you think they are. Jerry's heart raced as he neared the Avarice building. It stood silent. Jerry surveyed the sixth floor before stepping out of the elevator. The darkened room hid no movement, made no discernible sound. Jerry grabbed the small flashlight from his pocket. The first thing to catch his attention were the various pictures. Too many, he thought, for a woman who seemed to have no friends, and never once mentioned any kind of family. He picked one up. The picture showed a happy little girl missing a front tooth playing in a sandbox. Jerry wondered if it might be a niece. He put the picture down and reached for another. The next one was a black couple holding their newborn. Jerry opened the frame. As he suspected, the pictures weren't real. He opened two others. Karen was an imposter. Bill's words came back to his forethoughts. No one's who you think they are. Jerry made his way to the computer. 
What he hoped to find was still uncertain, but his curiosity had become instinct. He logged on. The computer asked for a password. He tried her name. Nothing. He tried the company's name. Again, he was denied. He was at a loss. He quieted his mind and relaxed. You afraid the big balls, lady, might hear us? To his surprise, it worked. The menu appeared. He clicked on the employee files. Jerry picked Bree, Allison, one of the first names on the list to compare with his own. The information seemed fairly routine. It gave her birth date, her starting date with the company, and a link to her resume. It listed accounts that she had worked on and who was covered under her health care policy. It was all mundane and more than tedious to go over. Jerry went back to the employee listings. He scrolled down to his name. His file appeared to be routine. Birth date, college, resume link. He skimmed through it. At the bottom of his file was an icon that read, Report number 548. He clicked on it. Big, bold red letters appeared saying, Access denied. Jerry went back. The elevator doors opened. Jerry scrambled to log off. He made his way out of the office, locking it behind him. He crouched in a nearby cubicle. Jerry knew it was Karen by the smell of her cheap perfume. The odor brought tears to his eyes. A sneeze welled up inside him. Karen entered her office. Jerry made himself comfortable underneath his co-worker's desk. An hour passed. Jerry's muscles cramped. Finally, she got up. Hello? Oh, hello, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're prepared. I heard. Yes, sir. I know. He called in sick on Friday. Of course. We hope he'll be back on Monday. We will, sir. Thank you for calling. Have a good day. Jerry eased himself out from under the desk. He rubbed the circulation back into his tingling legs. He stumbled his way to the stairs. Find what you need, mister? Jesus! There stood the vagrant. You can't go back to where you started. What do you want? (laughs) You wouldn't want to know, mister. Who are you? Something in the man's eyes were wild and serious. Who are you? Jerry looked at him. His beard had become wild, further obscuring Jerry's ability to memorize his face. I know you, don't I? We share a common story. Yours isn't over, though. Here, this'll help. The man handed Jerry a device that was eerily similar to the one used at his review. What is this? The real deal, mister. Not the cheap imitation they have. This is certified to give you direct contact with Station Zero. You know about Station Zero? Everyone knows about Station Zero. It's all in the remembering. The man turned sharply and began to walk away. Jerry reached out, 
placing his hand on the man's frayed shoulder. Wait just a darn minute there, buddy. Madness! Despair! Slavery! Hopelessness! Doubt! No one is prepared for the room without tears! Religion! Obedience! Faith! Lie to yourself! Lie to yourself! They always find a way to break you! Lie to yourself! Lie to yourself for all the good it will do you! You will bargain what you can to be done with it! The room without tears consumes all! As suddenly as he had changed, he stopped. The vagrant regained his composure, then walked away. Jerry watched him disappear down the stairwell. By 3.30, Jerry found himself at Harry Keller's barbecue. It occurred to Jerry how everyone he thought he knew had now become strangers. He mimicked a conforming demeanor. Phil's absence had to be noticed, he thought. Yet despite the dangerous possibilities, he found his curiosity to people's suspicions unavoidable. He went about making the same placid smiles, the same well-timed pats on the back. When would they mention Phil, he wondered. When no one was looking, he dumped his beer into the lawn, afraid that it might be poisoned. His mind kept wandering to the outing he and Bill had shared. I don't know why or quite how it works, but somehow someone has imprisoned us. That's impossible. Is it? This life we've been living is a construct. I don't know why us. I don't know why they've gone to such elaborate lengths to make it all seem so real. But this is not the real world. Who, who knows, maybe we did something terrible in another life. But I have memories that stretch years back. It's a lie, Jerry. They're all lies. Bull crap. This is insane, Bill. Is it? Don't you have that feeling every now and again that something just isn't right? Like it just doesn't fit? Doesn't it make your skin crawl every once in a while? We've been had, bud! Looking around the backyard, Jerry reflected on Bill's accusations. He watched the awkward social pleasantries. He listened to the roving dialogues and the convenient laughter. He turned to Maggie. She stood alongside her usual set of gossipers. She waved to him with a familiar smile. It felt different. He knew behind her face were the motives of someone else. Someone as yet undiscovered. Jerry nodded to her. Was she in on it? Or was she merely going through the motions because she too was a prisoner? They already came for me, Jerry. I barely made it. They tried for you tonight. They won't stop. You have to figure out a way out. He knew Bill was right. He had to find a way out. Even being here among the usual crowd was perilous. What if they found out about Phil? Something deep inside him, however, desired to play through the mystery. He looked over to where the kids were playing. Michael sat alone in the sandbox. What about his son? He was just a kid. Michael lifted his head from the sandbox as Jerry watched. He gave his son a warm smile. But Michael didn't return the gesture. Instead, his eyes narrowed. Slowly, his lips stretched back, exposing his teeth. Jerry's heart sank. Even his son wasn't who he remembered. He looked back to the crowd. Although he continued smiling, his mind went beyond the Keller's yard. How could he save himself and his son? Oh, Judy, I'm so glad you could make it. Where have you been? Could I? 
talk to you in private, Maggie? Oh, of, of course. What's wrong? They moved just beyond the earshot of the partygoers. Judy cried. Maggie embraced her. Jerry tried to read their lips as a cold spiral twisted into his guts. Judy lifted her head from Maggie's shoulder. She wiped the tears from her cheek. Then, she pointed in Jerry's direction. Jerry resisted the urge to run. Instead, he calmed himself as the women made their way to him. He had been found out.